Shut up and sit down. What's up, guys? Episode 89 of the Quiet Part Loud podcast. I'm your host, Daryl, and I cannot believe we've done 89 shows. Um, I can't believe people listen to me 89 times. Um, but I appreciate you if you're coming back for, for more punishment. Um, it is, uh, it's great to be here. It's been a great week. Uh, the weather's been fantastic. And it's Wednesday night at the moment. So we're pushing forward to the weekend. But tomorrow I've got a little team lunch with my 9 to 5 crew um, at the House of Lords of all places. Which, you know, if you ask me where you're going for lunch, I would never guess the House of Lords. But I'm really interested in seeing the you know, the historical building and, you know, the hallowed halls and, you know, seeing what it's all about, seeing what the vibe is. Um, so that'll be cool. And it'll be a nice way to kind of kick, uh, you know, kick off the weekend, uh, although it is Thursday. But, um, but yeah, got that coming up. It's been a it's been a hell of a week, good week at the gym, feeling great. Uh, diet's a little off. I found out that I gained I gained some weight unexpectedly, but it's but it's a good kind of weight gain. It's uh, it's a muscle gain because my body fat percentage doesn't seem to have changed, and I'm only doing I'm very non scientifically, by the way, guys. Uh, complete fucking bro science here, but I look the same in the mirror from day to day, so I assumed I'm not getting any fatter, and take that for the science that it's that it's worth. Um, but I've put on a few kilos, but I don't seem to have gotten fatter. So I'm assuming that most of it's uh, a muscle gain, which is fucking fantastic. So great week uh, of results all around, really. Um, but yeah, here we are, almost at 90 episodes, and that will be at 100. Um, I've reached out to a few people who I'm hoping will respond soon and come back to me. Uh, I've requested some interviews with them, and I'm hoping to... Like I said, get some positive response, bring those guys to you, ask them some questions about some issues that we talk about on this show frequently. You know, uh, the state of journalism, freedom of speech, um, you know, the immigration crisis, climate change, things like this, uh, you know, U.S. foreign policy. Like there's a lot of things like I've reached out to a few people now and I'm just I'm just waiting. So um, so in due time, I'll bring whatever updates are available to you. And guests if they land but you know we're we're just trying to build this thing and, and get more and more listeners and and that's happening at a drip pace uh, but hopefully you know we're gonna see we've seen an uptick which is really positive and I just want to keep that going so uh, the more interesting content I can bring to you guys the more information I can bring to you guys the better and that's what I want to do but today uh, is mental it well this week is mental uh, mental health awareness week and I think this is something really really important really important more more important now than ever and the reason I say that is because obviously you know I'm a big advocate of working out and staying positive and you know being healthy and mental health has a lot to do with that and the correlation between the rise of mental health and the and the you know the ongoing lack of activity from youth to adult in this country and around the world frankly is is direct i believe i believe there's a there is a direct correlation between the two i believe that 
healthy lifestyle choices, exercise, fitness, movement, uh, being outdoors, getting off your phone, getting out from a, in front of the TV. I think all of these things help improve our mental health. And I think they do it just more than just by being an outlet, an exercise outlet, something where you go and get really hot and sweaty, like for an hour, you know, a couple times a week. It's way more than that. It's the sense of, they say that 52% of the population in the UK suffer from loneliness, right? Suffer from loneliness. And aside from being an amazing improver of fitness and lifestyle and health overall, the there is a sense of community that can be developed at the gym at exercise function fitness groups and classes things like this just outdoor activities whatever it may be there's a sense of community that can really help with this loneliness issue and i do not think enough emphasis is being put on that side of improving mental health i really don't i i really don't there's a few companies out there that are doing good work um but I just don't think from a government standpoint, it is given as much attention as, as it needs to have. Um, mental health is, is, totally, is totally solvable, I believe, and not by medication. Now, of, of course, there are degrees of it and there are severities of it. And I'm not saying that, you know, you going down to the gym and doing a few push-ups is going to cure you of anxiety completely or cure your schizophrenia or your bipolar or anything like that. I'm not saying that. It is not a cure-all. It is a, it is a road. It, it is it's part of a journey. It's part of a lifestyle change. It's, it's, it's a piece of the puzzle. Most definitely. I fucking, I'm married. I see my wife all the time. I'm, and when I'm not with her, I'm at work and I'm at the gym all the time. I see the same people at the gym all the time. Like I know, like, you know, I have a group of friends that I see occasionally. But even I feel lonely sometimes. It's just not to let yourself get consumed by these feelings. And to have the sort of lifestyle that allows you to not have to focus on this sad aspect of your life how little or significant it may be what you need are things that are going to that are going to promote you thinking differently promote you acting differently um being around you know a different type of person you know it, people who sit around and watch tv and eat terribly and are lazy and are negative and you know don't look after themselves this is this is not the people you will find down the gym at four o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning. I like to sit around and watch TV like a motherfucker. I watch everything, right? Except Game of Thrones because it's shit. But um, I watch all kinds of garbage. But I also do stuff. I keep my mind busy. I try to have a side hustle. I try to I try to keep myself focused on becoming better. And I know mental health is not a one-dimensional thing. It's not just like pick yourself up by your bootstraps and get on with it, right? Man the fuck up. It's not that. That was a position that I used to take when I was in my 20s, right? When I didn't know anything. But it's not that. People need help. And sometimes help will come in the form of medication. And sometimes it'll come in the form of uh, counseling and, you know, so on and so forth. But I think we're talking the severe ends of mental disorders, mental health problems, you know, 
for the everyday person who feels anxious, for the everyday person that suffers a little bit too much from depression, the, the average person that feels a bit moody or restless or, you know, stressed out, can't cope, you know, overwhelmed, feelings like this that you're drowning, like that you're, that you're not able to manage the workload or the life load that's been given to you, exercise can be a huge factor in improving that because it allows you to make time for yourself. It allows you to release a whole bunch of stress and pent up aggression that you may have. It allows you to feel better, to look better, to move better, to sleep better, to fuck better, to, you know, you smile more, you, you're awake, you're alert, you're present. And then when you feel yourself getting bored, once you felt a certain way, you feel how bad it actually feels. Because when bad is the normal, it's hard to do something about it until you feel a certain way that isn't your current state. And what I mean by that is consistency. What I mean by that is finding something that is an activity or whatever that you can adhere to. There's no point in going on some crazy fucking outburst of activity to say, ah, it's compensation. What you need to do is find something you enjoy that is going to make market improvements to your life and do it on a consistent basis. Be disciplined, but do not be militant. That's the difference in adherence. Finding something that you love and that, you're di that you can be disciplined enough to adhere to. Rather than something that you don't like, <coughs> that you know is going to make you feel, you know, that's going to have a positive effect, but you're not going to stick with it because you don't fucking like doing it. Find something you do, do like. Do you like, do you like fresh air? Just go outside for a walk. Start with that. Like, do you know how good fresh vegetables taste? That's a very, very random thing to say. But fresh vegetables, organic vegetables are delicious. And I'm telling you right now, and I'm, 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 I'm kind of saying some of this to check myself. Organic food and healthy food, green food, fresh food, right? It tastes way fucking better than processed garbage that we call candy and chips and cakes. I'm sorry, but it does. I feel 10 times better and I enjoy the taste so much more of, of a beautiful salad. My wife made a seafood salad the other day. It was ridiculous. It had shrimp, beans, corn, onions, some like some feta cheese. Um, I don't know, some other shit as well. It was fucking delicious. It was delicious. And every single mouthful of it was nothing but healthy. There was no slathered dressing on it or anything like that. It was just good food, prepared well, and it was fresh. The way you feel after you eat a good meal versus the way you feel after you eat a bag of crisps, chips, wherever you're listening to this from, is night and day. And I say I'm checking myself a little bit because I am. I've been way too indulgent recently in terms of having the extra beer here and there or having a bag of crisps, chips, wherever you live, here or there, you know, snacking on some chocolate or whatever the fuck I can get my hands on. 
And that, before you say anything, that has not contributed to the to the weight gain either because the weight gain is not fat. But I have been a little overindulgent. And I don't know why because I know better. I know better. And I think I know the reason, which again is a part of this mental health conversation, is I'm not getting enough sleep. I need more sleep. I need more rest. Everything else is ticking over. I'm telling you guys, everything else is ticking over. But if you don't sleep enough, <coughs> it's like they say you can't out-train a bad diet. You cannot. I, I don't think you can out-train a bad sleeping habit. You might to an extent, but you're not going to get where you need to go if you're not resting enough and recovering enough. And I think I do it in the wrong way because I take days off the gym in chunks and it's not really the right way. I got I got to really make some adjustments on my schedule and I know it's going to take me to another to another plateau. I know it is. I, I know it's going to break through the kind of the, the the kind of barrier that I'm on right now. But don't get me wrong, I'm having good I'm having great workouts. My fitness routine is spot on. I just think I can make some adjustments that are going to help me, you know, progress. And that's what it's all about, just finding ways to progress. <coughs> but um I've been a little overindulgent lately and I need to rein it in. And again, what I said was it is about discipline, not militancy. I'm not going to allow myself to go through life and not have a candy bar if I want one. I do stay away from certain things. I stay away from uh, like Coca-Cola. Don't drink it. McDonald's, don't eat it. Like I just don't. Like one is poison. Well, they're both fucking poison. One, you know, one is a can of sugar artificial sugar 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 <laughs> um one is artificial sugar and the other is some concoction that is not meat and doesn't taste like meat and will give you cancer so i try to stay away from those two um you know this coming from a from a casual smoker <laughs> um so you got to know the difference. You got to know the difference between what it feels like to feel good, what it tastes like to eat well, and to move easy versus struggling to get up. If these don't improve your mental health, I don't know what will. If you don't feel more confident after a month at the gym, call me and I'll call you a fucking liar. Because if you're putting the work in and you're putting the consistency in, you're going to see positive results and you're going to feel better as a result. This is not a cure-all. I'll say again, it's not a cure-all. But enough people aren't taking it upon themselves to take the little steps to improve their health. <clears throat> and Mental Health Awareness Week is becoming... I don't, I don't want to downplay mental health because mental health is a real thing and all people suffer from it in some level. But... I do think that there is an element of get the fuck up and do something. Some people need help. We could all use a little guidance. And we should never pretend that we know exactly what's going on with someone else because you never know another person's struggle. And the severity and the, and, and the depth of those struggles. You don't know. There's a lot of sad clowns out there right? They have a happy face on, but you don't know what's behind the mask. You don't know what's behind the paint. 
So we have to be sensitive to these things, but I want to tell you that there are very, very simple steps that can help improve the situation dramatically. And whether this is instilling sports and activities into school on a way more regular basis, if it's looking at the way we feed our kids, then we need to regulate how we, I don't know, man, we got, there's ways to do this. But getting our kids active and eating healthy is definitely a major part of how we start to stem some of the issues with mental health from a very young age. For the adults out there, a lot of you, again, depending on what level you're in, in in your current, you know, in your current situation, crisis, whatever it may be, try getting some fresh air. I'm not again saying this is going to like I can already hear people out there saying, "Oh, you get some fucking fresh air. I feel like killing myself or, you know, like I'm depressed. You think a bit of fresh air is going to help?" Like I'm not saying that it's a cure-all. I'm just saying how do you know until you try? This is not all about popping pills. This is not always about seeing a shrink. Sometimes it's about just getting going. Sometimes we've just been complacent and standing still and stuck in a rut for so long that we think that that's where we will be forever. That's the new normal. But it's not the new normal. The new normal is to be functional, to be happy, to be positive, to be working towards something, to have energy, right? The days of it's fucking cool to be hung over on a Saturday morning. I mean, I don't know what it's like. I'm older now, right? So I don't know what it's like for people in their 20s. I'm sure it's the same way. I'm sure they still sleep till noon. I've never been a noon sleeper. I've always been a somewhat early riser. Now I'm a very early riser. But the days of wanting to wake up on any day of the week with a hangover is just one of the most dreadful thoughts to me ever. The way I feel, say today, right? So this morning I had a wicked workout. The sun's was shining all day, play with my dogs in the backyard whilst taking some breaks from doing the office work. Nice meal in the evening, record this podcast. I feel fantastic. I feel fantastic. I haven't eaten any shit today. I haven't eaten any crap, chocolate, cakes, or anything like that because I've checked myself. I've said, enough now. On a Saturday, you can have something. You know? But find something else. Don't just shovel cake and just crap in your fucking mouth. What's the point of doing all the work all week if you're just going to undo it in one day? It's ridiculous. So I've checked myself. And now I feel great. And it's Wednesday evening. Tomorrow, we got this little lunch, which is fantastic. But you are the master of your own destiny in a lot of respects. And a lot of people don't take it upon themselves to action those first steps. The slogan that I have on, I used to have on my Facebook page for my fitness company was a year, in a year from now, you will have wish you started today. And it is amazing what a year can do. The person I was when I started this process four years ago versus the person I am now 
is night and day. You wouldn't even recognize me. If you saw the old version of me, you wouldn't even recognize me. I wasn't a complete degenerate shithead, but I was nowhere near an optimal version of myself. And the funny thing is, I don't consider myself near an optimal version of myself now. And I'm ticking over at a lot better rate than I used to be. So let's keep fucking working. And that's the beauty of progress. Once you see the benefits, you are motivated to keep going. Because why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to keep improving? Why wouldn't you want to keep feeling better? Why wouldn't you want to keep looking better? Why wouldn't you want to keep fucking better? Why wouldn't you want to keep everything going in the right direction? Why would you want to go back? And I'm like, I'm like Robert De Niro in Heat in this motherfucker. I am never going back. Okay? This is a lifestyle change. And we've talked about this before, but it's Mental Health Awareness Week. And I think people need to be aware that their mental health has a lot to do with how much exercise they do not get and how much good food they are not eating. And if we, from a government, from a government level down, focus more attention on this, there would be less strain on our health care system. There would be less strain on our educational system. We would have better results all around. And mental health would not be the issue that it is today. There's posters all up at my work about things like, you know, you just can't, if you just can't co-call, like these are all important things to do, no doubt. But we need a real movement of people moving, (laughs) you know? So if you're out there and you're struggling with any form of depression or anxiety or you know you just feeling a bit off you know you're feeling a bit lonely man hit us up we haven't been deplatformed from twitter hit us up man let us know this is going to be out on thursday <coughs> pardon me <coughs> jesus sorry um this is going to be out on thursday and I would love it if you guys, you know, hit us up and just let us know if you're struggling with anything, you know, how you've dealt with it, you know, any advice you can offer to other people on maybe how they can cope or who they can talk to, you know, and and maybe we'll post up some links to the kind of national health services and things like that. Um, But if you are struggling with anything or you know anybody that is struggling with something, go reach out to them, man, you know. And if you're that person, then reach out to us because, you know, it would be, it would be a pleasure to, to lend an ear, just lend some time. So if you know anybody out there, man, be kind, just, just, you don't know what the other people are going through. And I know I can be a harsh motherfucker and I can go after people as well. And I can be a little bit abrupt, you know, mainly with, you know, celebrities and politicians, you know, not with the day-to-day person. I try to be quite cordial and, and quite understanding with people. But let's all just try to be, you know, a bit more sensitive to the plight of others. We, we really don't know what other people are going through. And that's a, that's a lesson that I can definitely take on, on board even more. But I try to be, you know, cognizant of it as much as possible these days. As, as I grow older, it's just one of those things that becomes more, uh, you know, more of a focus on, you know, how you treat people, how you listen, how you respond to people, the time you make for others. And, uh, you know, 
compassion compassion is not a commodity that expires it's one that's you know either just not it, it it's generally just not given you know but a lot more people could 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 do well with showing some compassion to their fellow to their fellow man i saw an article where a woman is being charged with murder for pushing a 63-year-old man off of a bus in Vegas. I mean, what are we talking about here? You know what I mean? Like, talk about mental health. I mean, don't even get me started on America and their fucking pharmaceutical problem. But here in the UK, I mean, Jeremy Kyle, this show that's been on television in the UK, it's very much a Jerry Springer type of show for those of you outside of the UK that might be listening. And, you know, salacious subject matter and topics of the day and, you know, people, I guess, apply to go on to this show. I don't know exactly the inner workings of it, but I believe people apply not necessarily around the subject matter, but go on to the show and are placed into the subject matter, perhaps. I don't know exactly how it works. It's not 100% real. You can obviously tell that, but there is authenticity to it. Anyways, 14 years this thing's been on the show, right? And this week, a show was about, I think it was this week. This week definitely was when this happened, but I don't know when the show was. So anyways, the show was something about, uh, I didn't cheat on you and I'll take a light, I'll take a polygraph to prove it, right? Something along those lines. Anyways, this 62 year old guy was on the show. He swore up and down. He was faithful, took the polygraph test, failed, went home, killed himself that later that week. ITV have canceled Jeremy Kyle. They've taken it off the air. Said the consequences are too dire. For 14 years, we allowed this ridicule of these guests, whatever, voluntary or not, right? This is a fucking cesspool show. I mean, I don't know Jeremy Kyle. Apparently, he's a nice guy. I don't know. I just know those kind of shows are fucking, ex they're exploitation, right? Of people that don't know better. Anybody with half a brain would never go on that show, right? For what? To air your dirty laundry on national television and get in a fight? This is not for rational individuals, right? Rational individuals do not apply to put their shit on TV. It doesn't work that way. So anyways, this poor bastard went home, couldn't like, basically couldn't escape the fact that he failed a polygraph test. So nobody believed him, so he killed himself. Is there an aspect of mental health there? Most definitely. But what do we think? Because this goes, this goes to the mental health, no, sorry, this goes to the censorship, right? To the banning of programs, to the, I mean, it's a private, ITV or a private organization, so they can do what the hell they want. But should Jeremy Kyle be taken off the air because one of his, uh, one of his guests went home and killed themselves? I, I, like part of me wants to say yes, right? Because fuck that show and fuck those kind of shows and they're garbage. They're like, they're the dredges of our like 
cognitive ability, right? Just sitting there watching people yell is about as basic and mundane and as kind of brainless as you can get, right? Think Desperate Housewives uh, or um, or um, not Desperate Housewives, the Housewives of whatever the fuck, right? New York or wherever it is. There's one for every town basically now. Um, you know, think the Kardashians, you know, where people are just basically yelling, like causing drama, but not really doing anything. Like there's nothing there, right? Talent with ha- without having talent, like these kind of shows, Like these are a waste of time. These are the lowest common denominator in in, in 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 entertainment. So like, do we need these shows? Like the Kardashians have been accused of like bullying people into submission on social media, right? We hear about we hear about social bullies all the time. But my my thing is when somebody goes home and kills himself as a result of being on your show, like was that guy telling the truth? Or was he bullshitting and couldn't deal with the fact that he got caught? Like, what's the responsibility on a guy like Jeremy Kyle in a show like that to its guests? Like, is there any mental health vetting or do these people just get to come on? I don't know what the process is. But they have to be held responsible for this in some way, right? Because they gave the platform out for it to be kind of aired publicly. But also, don't go on the fucking show. So I'm a bit torn with this one. I know I can usually kind of just like, you know, I kind of maybe pick a side or whatever, just give you my kind of thoughts on it. But I don't know if this show should have been canceled. I mean, if it has an audience, which apparently it did, it was on the air for 14 years. People watched it. I can imagine the people that do watch it. It's on my gym in the morning for some fucking reason. I don't know why. But like I couldn't give that show 12 seconds of my attention. Just I couldn't. Just skipping through it if I'm flicking the channels and it happens to be on, I don't know why it would, but for some reason, when I've heard it in the past, there's no chance. There's no chance. It's the same with those other shows that I mentioned. Even at the sound of them, I have to leave the room. I cannot stand it. Something about it really grates me. I just think it's the lowest version of entertainment and people should not spend their time on it. But to each their own. However, when it causes death, what's... You know, what's the right course of action? ITV is, you know, its own company. It can make its own call. They made the call. The show's gone. But it all comes back to mental health. You know, in the in the, in the the case of the gentleman on Jeremy Kyle, perhaps somebody in his family could have pulled him aside and said, hey, we need to deal with this not on national television. You know, some people need a helping hand, man. Some people need some guidance to know what the right and the wrong decisions are. So if you do know anybody out there, you know, all of this nonsense with the uh, television show and the Kardashians and bullshit aside, you know, if you do know somebody out there that is struggling, reach out to them. And if you are somebody that's struggling that doesn't have anybody to reach out to, then uh, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Um, And just lend your ear, lend you our ear, like we said earlier. Um, Right. From, From mental health, which is hopefully, you know, something that we can take upon ourselves to make marked improvements with some levels of dysfunction we can't and what I'm talking about is 
some of the different things that we freak out about, some of the different reactions that we've seen and some of the different things that have happened over the course of the week, which just make me kind of scratch my head. Like I found out today that, that, that students in Russia aren't allowed to protest at all. Like I knew adults weren't allowed to do political protests, but I didn't know that kids weren't allowed to leave school for this uh, protest climate change. The Russian government just basically said, nope, absolutely not. That's not happening. And this Greta Thunberg... <clears throat> who's a 16-year-old that we've talked about before with Asperger. She's very um, she's very active on social media, and uh, she's doing a campaign around, you know, any countries that are restricting the rights of kids to go out and protest climate change, which I think is very brave of her. I think it's great. I think what she's doing is fantastic. I hope she has the fortitude to keep going with it, um, and this doesn't fizzle out because it's a real issue. And, you know... People are talking about the Green New Deal, even though there's nothing there to put into law. People are talking about it. We're talking about renewable energy. We're talking about solar. We're talking about getting off of fossil fuels. We're talking about, you know, how to fix the problem that's been created, you know, up to this point. But we just can't keep going on the same on the same track that we're that that we have been. Um, this is clear to anybody that can open their eyes and you know wipe the political fog from their vision if you look at this objectively you have to see what is upon us oceans poisoned with plastic you know hundreds of species going extinct every day we cannot do this like we cannot keep doing this climate you know temperatures going up storms and and and, and weather patterns like becoming increasingly erratic I know people like to say this is the best time ever to be alive, and it is. It definitely is, but we have got to fix the problems that face us or the generations to come will just have no chance. They'll have no chance, and we'll destroy this thing before it naturally expires. So I hope Greta continues doing what she's doing, and I hope she uh, you know, continues to make her message heard, and I hope more traction is gained by her doing so. <clears throat> I also wanted to talk about the Danny Baker uh, tweet that he sent out. Oh, my God. Talk. I mean, you know, these politicians and shit, they're so out of touch with, you know, with the climate change. And, you know, they'll give some voice service and things like that. But talk about out of touch comically and racially. <laughs> this Danny Baker. Now, obviously, I grew up in Canada, right? So I don't have a lot of these cultural references or affinity with these cultural um, icons that I guess have been around the British entertainment industry for a long, long time. And I guess Danny Baker was one of them. But he's like, he's an old crusty ass man that does like radio and TV and stuff, I guess. Like, you know, he, just, he, he looks like an Englishman, an old Englishman, right? I didn't mean to call him crusty. I don't even know where that came from. But... <clears throat> He's just, he seems like a regular bloke. He just seems like a regular old Englishman. And fortunately, he has, unfortunately, he had an audience that was privy to some of his, like, inner thoughts. And I have to say before I slate him that, you know, he has come out and, and created an explanation for this. But this is one of the things that leads me into, you know, us talking about another subject that I think I, I, I need to touch on is basically the deplatforming of, of him. What's his name? Danny Baker, right? Yeah, Danny Baker. So if you don't know, he posted a picture after Meghan Markle gave birth to the newest royal baby who gives a fuck, but she gave birth to a new royal baby with Prince Harry, right? She gave birth, Prince Harry didn't. Uh, but anyways, 
this Danny Baker guy, he posted a picture of two like aristocratic looking, traditionally dress, dressed English people leaving like a building. I think it was a hospital leaving the hospital with a chimpanzee that was dressed up in a like in a in a wool trench coat <laughs> holding the hands of the people it was a woman and a man holding it and he it was captioned arrival of the new royal baby now sorry i don't mean to be laughing because this is so stupid this is just so stupid to me but <laughs> so everybody knows the connotation that using the word monkey in a derogatory way is seen as, you know, racist. You're basically referring to a person of color, black person, as an ape, as less than human, basically, is what the connotation is. And everybody fucking knows that, apart from Danny Baker. Um, but again, he says he does know that. It's just that he was looking for a photo and didn't put the. Basically, I was basically I was driving you to the airport and I saw the luggage and I put two and two together. You, you know what I mean? It's like he didn't connect the fucking dots and not post that. So he got fired, and uh, came subsequently came out with a uh, base just a tweet storm to his own defense saying, listen, this has been the worst day of my life. People are killing me online. I've been fired. I might not get another job. Like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean it. And actually, I took his apology as pretty sincere. Like, I think he kind of did fuck up. But still, should you, and I don't want anybody deplatformed, but I'm saying, should you be representing an organization like the BBC and I'm like putting them on some sort of pedestal or a piece of shit organization anyways, but I'm putting, you know, I'm, I'm just putting it in the context. Like if that company wants to fire you because they don't like what you did and because it was completely out of touch and stupid, they have the right to do it and they should do it. But did he do it by accident? I, I kind of almost think that he might have. But I don't want to go that far because, I mean, it's so blatantly obvious that if you post that in regards to a baby born by Meghan Markle and Harry, you're kind of calling it a monkey. But, I mean, it really just boils down to being completely out of touch and just an old dude, you know, who shouldn't have access to social media, you know. <laughs> no, I'm not calling for deplatforming Danny Baker. Not at all. I'm just saying people of our grandparents' ages probably shouldn't be tweeting is all I'm saying. So sad times. It's just an unfortunate set of circumstances of basically blissful ignorance, a charged kind of social environment, and people looking to jump on something, you know? People just looking to get involved and fuck somebody's life up. They just want to call for lynch mobs are abounding here you know what i mean like fucking people just whoom, you said something we don't like we're gonna kill you you know we want you fucking out of here you know they do want you deplatformed which is why when companies like facebook and twitter do it it's disgusting not only does it censor one side of the conversation but it makes regular people afraid to speak their fucking minds this is ridiculous and I actually wanted to go to this because 
like we got Trump coming over, right? We got Trump coming over to the UK for a fucking state visit in like two weeks. June 3rd, he's coming over. I mean, there's going to be protests on the street, right? There's going to be hundreds of thousands of people out here. We do not want him here. The general public in this country, I would say most are probably overall indifferent to like, yeah, who gives a fuck, whatever. But there are a lot of people here that cannot stand this guy and don't want him here and definitely don't want our money paying to entertain this cocksucker, right? This is the problem I've got with it. The royal family extended this invitation to him because it strengthens ties. They're our greatest ally. It's a D-Day. Um, it's a D-Day memorial. This motherfucker didn't even serve in the military. Okay? He ducked the military. And I'm not able to talk because I didn't do any military service either. But I'm not the president of the United States. And when you call yourself commander-in-chief, you should probably have a military record of some sort. I know Obama didn't. He was a lawyer. But at least he was a social justice activist. And fucking did something. But I don't want my money paying the royals so they can entertain this prick on my dime. And roll out the pomp and circumstance and pomp and ceremony and all that shit and all the bells and whistles for this guy. For what? He hasn't promised anything. They're like, this is a strength and this is what Theresa May says. And the politicians who are in favor of this action, they're saying, oh, this is going to strengthen the ties with our longest standing allies. They used to be. Okay? They used to be. You don't know what this motherfucker is going to do. He hasn't agreed to any trade deal with the UK. All he's done is criticizes over the handling of Brexit. And that's none of his fucking business. Either he wants to do a trade deal with the UK or not. And then people will say, oh, well, the UK and the EU, they're intertwined. So that means it's harder to negotiate. Fucking no, it's not. Okay? No, it's not. If two of the superpowers of the world want to negotiate a bilateral trade deal whilst one of them is in a single market, yes, they can. They can figure it out. Hey, hey, hey. Negotiate. The fuck are you talking about? Like we need to smash out of the EU just to have a trade deal with America. Who's going through a trade war with China that's devastating the agricultural industry in that country. But nobody's talking about it. Because all you hear are the sound bites from Donald Trump's ass. Right? Best economy. Lowest, way, uh, lowest unemployment. Blah, blah, blah. These jobs are bullshit. This economy is bullshit. And it's so fragile based on fake ass numbers and fake performance reports because again I'll go back to the streets and I'll say if you ask the average American if they feel richer I guarantee they're going to say no because these things don't apply to the citizen they apply to the top end of citizenry the elite masses <laughs> the elite matter the masses do not and all of Trump's policies are in regards to that elite. They're not anything to do with you and I, with middle class, with lower income families. They're not interested in those demographics. All the deregulation he talks about. For what? <coughs> For what? So it's easier to pollute the earth. So it's easier for people to get harmed. So it's easier to bypass environmental regulations. Are you out of your fucking mind? This is crazy stuff. And we're rolling out the red carpet for this idiot? 
<coughs> it's horrendous and it's offensive and it's bullshit that we have to pay for this. If the royal family wants to entertain him, if the political class want to entertain him, they should do a GoFundMe and raise some goddamn money themselves instead of using our money to do it. Not having it, man. This is horseshit. This is horseshit. It's just like another house in my neighborhood got robbed two days ago. I, again, contact the MP of this uh, borough and he can't even be bothered to respond. And I get a, I get a leaflet through my door from the Liberal Democrats and the current MP in this borough is a Labour representative. You can fuck right off if you think you're getting a vote or an X on a piece of paper from me ever. Ever. I'm talking about my neighbors being protected. I'm talking about me and my family being protected. I'm talking about real issues here. And you can't even be bothered, but you can make these bullshit like claims at people and these little snooty comments at people. And I'm talking about Matthew Pennycock. Penny Cook, who is the Labour MP representing Greenwich and uh, Woolwich, I believe, are his boroughs. Um, I mean, what a joke this guy is. What an absolute ponce this guy is. He is exactly the type of shit we need to avoid. He's exactly the type of person we need to avoid. So when I see a Lib Dem flyer, you think I like Vince Cable? No, but... I'm going to Donald Trump vote this motherfucker in. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to help you guys continue to lose seats because you don't deserve nothing. You don't listen to nobody. <coughs> You've got no interest in listening to the average person on the street who's got real problems, who's actually got concerns about their neighborhood and their local community. You don't care about that because you're on your Brexit tip. One track minded for political ascension and it is garbage and it's time that type of politics, politics expired. This is what I'm talking about. We have to put a new face on politics because if we don't, this shit will continue. Well, Trump has to come over. It's a D-Day celebration. He's got nothing to do with that. He's got nothing to do with that. And if you want to fund this, fund it yourself. Don't ask the citizens to foot the bill for this. It's going to be millions of pounds to host this prick. It's an absolute joke. Speaking of things that are absolute jokes, things that are hilarious... Let's uh, let's just quickly, before we depart this episode, have a quick look back on how long it's been now since I was deplatformed from Facebook myself. It's been about it's been about a week, I think, maybe just over. I can't remember. It's been a well, it's been a week since we did the last show, right? So it has to be a week at least. So I contacted a couple of law firms. They're like, yeah, we could talk about this, but it's going to be two hundred fifty or three hundred fifty quid an hour. I'm like, oh, like I knew lawyers charged like that, but I'm just thinking like, well, how long's the chat? <laughs> like, can I have a chat in five minutes where I just like, hey, this is what they did to me. Can you help? Yes or no? <laughs> Click, you know, bill me for that. But no, there'll be a minimum of an hour. And I'm just like 250 quid, man. Like it's not, 
you know, it's not going to fucking hurt me. It's not going to make a dent, as Chris D'Elia would say. But um, it's not going to it's not going to hurt me. It's just, I don't know. I'm just like, do I want to pay that for a phone call? <clears throat> I don't know if I do. So anyways, I haven't really gotten anywhere with it. And I don't expect to get anywhere with it. Because the truth of the matter is, I've been deplatformed by one of the biggest companies in the world. And I won't have a chance of hell of fighting it. That's the truth of the matter. And that's actually the entire problem with how Facebook are currently set up. And what you're hearing now are calls for it to be disbanded. Instagram to be separated from it and WhatsApp to be separated from it. And this is coming from Chris Hughes, who's one of the co-founders of Facebook, who wrote an op-ed piece in the New York Times calling for it to be disbanded because it's become too powerful for its own good. And Mark Zuckerberg is too powerful for his own good. And I would, even though I don't really like that Chris Hughes guy, I heard him on a podcast. I was just like, he's kind of, I don't know. It's, I don't know. Maybe he's a good guy. I don't know. It just didn't seem like my type. But what was... He was really concerned about it. He was really concerned about it. And I, and I share some of those concerns. <clears throat> but the way they're doing it is the really scary thing. They're not giving any reason or justification or proof, evidence, whatever, of infractions that you may or may not have caused. You are just told in a very roundabout way, you're out of here. And they're curtailing free speech. So they have to be accountable to this. And I'm hearing now some of the political, um, the, the candidates that are running on the Democratic side for president in the U.S. Um, I've heard them start to talk about this. And it's really refreshing to hear some people starting to talk about this because we've been on this track for so long talking about the fact that Facebook have way too much power and Facebook siphons so much data and the way they commoditize their users and all of that. It was really, I was watching the Tulsi uh, Gabbard, Gobbard, um episode of Joe Rogan uh, last night, I think it was. Um, and she was talking about some of these problems and Joe was talking about some of these problems and they were hitting on the same notes that I, I try to hit on with the, when we talk about these issues on the show. And it just really made me think like, this is a this is such a massive massive problem. It needs addressing in a significant way right now. And I don't disagree with them being disbanded either. I don't disagree with them being broken up as an, a, a monopoly. I don't disagree with Amazon. The same thing happening to Amazon. I don't disagree with the same thing happening to Twitter. <clears throat> I don't disagree with some of these things. There has to be fair competition and, and fair market opportunities for all companies. And there is not currently because they're absorbed by these massive companies like Google and Apple and Amazon, so on and so forth. And it has, it has to stop. It has to stop. So I just wanted to touch on that to let you guys know that I'm still not on Facebook. And actually, I don't fucking miss it one bit. I said you, I said to you guys from the jump, the only thing that I actually wanted was my content back. It looks like at the end of the day, I'm not going to be able to get that content back, which fucking sucks, but it is what it is. And for the positive benefit, I think I'm going to reap in the long term of being off of Facebook. I'm almost willing to sacrifice it. The only thing I truly, truly want off of there are the wedding photos that I've got and, uh, pictures of my dogs and my cats and an old picture 
uh, of my dog from in Canada. That's literally all I want from there. There's about, I would probably say two gigs worth of data there. So if anybody out there at Facebook happens to hear this, that's all I actually want. And even though you're holding it ransom and you probably don't even know that I give a shit. And even though you don't, you probably don't even realize that you've done anything wrong other than say, ha ha ha, you know, and, and just made your stupid censorship algorithm work again. And it keeps getting fed. So it'll keep making these decisions and it'll keep creating bias of conversation and echo chambers. And it will be a platform of dissent and, 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 and outrage, but only on your terms. You'll never have any free content, freedom of speech content, critical thinking content on there. It's all reruns and garbage and shit that you choose. It will ultimately die. And if I play a part of leading down that road because you censorship, you censored me to your own, to your own demise, if that added to it, fantastic, fantastic. Because we like to keep everything positive. So I'm going to turn this negative, which was a bullshit move to deplatform a basic user that mentioned Alex Jones and Facebook in the same... I'm, I'm thinking back now, and this is probably the post that got me fucking blocked. There's no sexually explicit content. That's impossible. That's impossible. So unless I said something along the lines of Facebook fucked Alex Jones in the ass, I don't understand what it could be other than those keywords, Alex Jones and Facebook. So if that's the case... Facebook, fuck you. Keep my content. I don't care. Better off without you, and we'll see you later. That's it. <laughs> so we're done, guys. I'm going to enjoy the rest of the evening with my family. I hope you guys have enjoyed the show. We ran on. We ran on, but we're under an hour, and I think we got a lot of shit covered. So have a great weekend. I'm not going to speak to you before because I'm busy as shit, and... You'll get this episode Thursday, but we'll definitely be back next week and we'll be hitting another show. That's going to be episode 90 and then we're just on the path to 100, baby. And from there, who knows? Who knows? We gave you a chance to be a real podcast and you blew it. We're not blowing it. We're keeping pushing forward. So, I love you. Thanks for listening. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. And we are on Twitter. So hit us up on any of those. Quiet Part Loud will find it. And until next time, guys, all the best.